Welcome to another edition of Irish Illustrated Insiders Recruiting Extra. Pete Sampson joined by Kevin Sinclair. Uh, programming note before we get started, this will be our last recruiting podcast on a Thursday starting next week because our regular Irish Illustrated Insider podcast will go twice a week, Monday and Thursday. We're going to move our recruiting podcast to Wednesday. Um, but with that in mind, because the season is right around the corner, there are a couple things that we want to get into immediately before we get to the five guys segment. And that's one new recruiting coordinator, Brian Pullian, takes over for Mike Elston, who's now the assistant head coach. And also just this run of official visits getting set, which is somewhat typical for late August just because the season is coming up and that Georgia game is getting close. People want to book flights and make plans. But uh, I guess, Kevin, out of the gate, um, the, let's talk a little bit about the Georgia game because that went from a big recruiting weekend to the biggest recruiting weekend in the course of about 48 hours this week, it felt like. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I um, so you know been getting in touch with a lot of the top targets and commits lately, trying to see if they've been mapping out their um, you know official visits and tons of big names have popped up. So you know there's um, I believe there's around seven or eight of Notre Dame's current commits uh, going to be attending that game, and I, I expect that list to grow even more. Um, you know, on my list right now, like Ovia Gufo and Marquis Step aren't on that list because just because I haven't gotten in touch with them, but I'm, you know, I'm pretty certain they'll be there. But anyhow, um, yeah, you know, uh, Gordon Porter uh, going to be there, wide receiver out of California. Uh, Tommy Tremble, tight end out of uh, Georgia. Um, you know, his father, um, having played for Georgia, being from Georgia, that would be big for him. Another Georgian, uh, Jamari Salyer, also going to be there, um, you know, uh, looks like Georgia and Clemson really heavily in the mix. Jamari uh, Salyer obviously visited Notre Dame three times, including parents. Um, you know, that was uh, obviously a, a clear sign that he interested in Notre Dame. Um, you know, Sam Taimani um, also going to, you know, be attending that visit or, you know, that Georgia game. Um, that's huge for the Irish. Uh, one of their top prospects on the offensive line. Um, Chase Coda also visiting Notre Dame. Um, not quite a surprise, but, you know, he's always talked about taking an official to Notre Dame. You know, all his ties to Oregon. Um, you know, his father has played there. His, uh, I believe his cousin plays at Oregon right now. Um, you know, but it sounds like he's actually serious about looking around at, um, you know, possibly going to a program that is in Oregon, UCLA and USC also in there, but only has one visit planned so far, and it's Notre Dame, so that's a good news or a good sign for the Irish. Julius Irvin as well, safety out of uh, Anaheim, Servite. Um, you know, big 6'2 body, I like that. Um, I think he may be the, you know, safety, the one safety out of the, the sort of group they're looking at right now who, you know, they, I don't think they would wait on. He's a guy that would be a take uh, without question. So, you know, the list is really stacking up. That's going to be, a, you know, not only is it just such a huge game for Notre Dame, I'm looking back and thinking about when the last time – they what last time was they had such a big game thinking sort of Clemson in 2015, Florida State in 2014, but not a big game, but a big recruiting weekend for Notre Dame. Yeah, there's no question about it. It's um, it. I don't think it's going to get to the level of USC in 2011 when you had like Gunnar Keel and Eric Armstead. Uh, I think Keith Shepard was there. I mean, it, they basically had half of the West coast uh, show up for that game. Uh, a lot of them ended up elsewhere. It was kind of a, a whiff on, from that perspective of the guys they got. But I think in terms of headline um, visitors, this is going to be very high up the list as far as the biggest ones of the Brian Kelly era. 
The other recruiting news, as I said at the top, uh, Brian Polian, Notre Dame's new recruiting coordinator, and I've I've covered Polian since 2005 when he got here. I think he was about 29 years old at the at that time. You could tell he was going to be a good recruiter from the get go, uh, but as a coach, he's really evolved in the last 12 years going from Notre Dame, sort of figuring it out, what he was supposed to do, how he was supposed to do it, then moving on uh, to Texas A&M and Stanford, and then ultimately being the head coach at Nevada for four years before he returns as special teams coordinator. I think that in terms of Notre Dame's recruiting department, whether it's going to be an upgrade or sort of a status quo or a downgrade, I think it's going to be an upgrade in terms of the quality of defensive prospects that they get, but I don't know if Polian is going to have much to do with that relative to Elston. It's going to have a lot more to do with Mike Elko versus Brian Van Gorder. But I do think in terms of the approach of Notre Dame's recruiting is going to change. And I think it might take some getting used to for some fans because instead of having situations where I think Notre Dame really targeted the highest rated kid nationally, uh, they're going to look for more of the highest rated fit for them on a program level. And I think you saw what they did at Stanford. and You talked to Polian about why that worked. Well, they were finding the toughest guys who were the best fits for Stanford. And I think Notre Dame has done an okay job with this, but not a great job with this. And I, I, I do think that that might be a change where you're going to see, you know, maybe an additional three-star here or a, a low three-star there, and fans are going to wonder, like, well, wait a minute, why is Notre Dame going after that guy? And it's because Notre Dame will have done enough due diligence on them to feel like they're a better program fit. And I think, Kevin, I mean, we were talking about this before we hit record, that you look at Notre Dame's roster a little bit, and you sort of see some dead scholarships there. And instead of finding three or four Matthias Farleys who are three-star developmental kids. Notre Dame just ends up with one Matthias Farley, and they need to do a better job getting that kind of player. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, you know, as soon as, you know, this announcement was made, I, you know, sort of had a look at, you know, when this new staff came in, when they got involved in uh, recruiting within those last few months before National Signing Day, um, you know, they, Notre Dame was sitting through about five or six spots that they needed to fill, and it, it looked sort of doubtful that they were going to be able to do that. And if they did do that, um, I guess sort of with the old staff, there would have been some of those reaches or some of those guys who, you know, weren't quite a fit but were maybe the best player they could get at the time. But, you know, they, they uh, you know, Brian Pullian, Mike Elko, all of these, uh, you know, new staff members in the mix, they, you know, they added some quality guys who were really seemed like really great fits. Jordan Genmark-Heath. Myron Tago, Villoa, Mosa, Jeremiah, Owusu, Koromoa, you know, a bunch of guys, um, you know, who sort of fit the bill at Notre Dame, guys that I feel confident are going to be contributors in the future. And I think that's, you know, goes towards exactly what you're talking about in, in terms of, um, you know, assessing these guys properly about being, you know, good fits at Notre Dame, not just guys who will be able to fill a spot and hopefully work out um, character wise, all of those things sort of um, making sense for Notre Dame. Um, I like uh, what I've heard of O'Brien Pullian uh, all along from, you know, speaking with recruits, especially in the West, um, brings a really honest approach um, that I hear a lot that he doesn't, you know, push so hard, but he is in touch consistently. And he, um, you know, with his honest approach, really talking about how Notre Dame, you know, isn't the easy choice, um, but, you know, it's it's really, you know, setting yourself up for life and whatever his full message is that he gets across. Um, seems to really sit well with a lot of recruits um, that I've spoken with 
Um, he definitely always sounds like, you know, one of the you know, recruits favorites of within all of the, um, you know, pitches that they're hearing and all of that. So um, I really, you know, think that if you have a look at what they did at the end of last class and it trickled into um, this recruiting cycle after a four and eight season being in the top 10, lots of really great fits. Um, I don't really see um, very, you know, questionable prospects that are committed right now. I really like the class. So, um, yeah, I liked this decision. It wasn't shocking to me. I felt like this was going to probably happen at some point. A little surprised it happened sort of now. Yeah. Uh, maybe not um, at the beginning of next cycle or whatever. But, yeah, that's, I really like it. Yeah, it kind of felt like a, maybe a, a summer decision before instead of a mid-August decision. But uh, I, I I am curious to see how the, the outlook changes a little bit just because yeah, they are mid-cycle. It's, it's not like the changes for um, – this class are going to be big, but uh, I do think with the 2019 haul, that's when you can see a little bit more of a, a shift in focus. So I, yeah. I'm curious about that, but I, I do think Pauline will do a great job. I think Elston did a good job. Uh, I, I do think one of Elston's biggest strengths as a recruiting coordinator is how meticulous and fastidious he was with details. And though I thought the way Irish invasion was organized this year with the date was a little bit off in terms of attendance, but in the past, that got a little bit better every year. I do think their visit outlooks got a little bit better every year, but there's still there's still room to to go onward and upward there. So I'll, I'll be curious to see a Pauline, who I think is a good organizational guy. He's been a head coach, um, but I think he's also a really good recruiter on top of that. So uh, I think he sort of brings both those to the table there. So I'll, I'm curious to see how that goes. So let's. Let's jump into the five guys, talk a little bit more about some of all these these visitors who are coming into campus. And I think one of the points that's important on a, on a macro level for Notre Dame is just the fact that these visits are happening in early September. Whether you're going to get good news on these guys or bad news on these guys, it's sort of all good news because if you get a bad vibe from a kid, let's say Sam Taimani comes for the Georgia game and is like, yes, I'm not liking this as much as I thought I was. At least you can call an audible and move in another direction. So that's, I think, significant in terms of the calendar there. But, Kevin, I guess of the, of the five guys we're going to talk about, I'll give you the, the first crack at it because um, there, are, there are really three new official visitors that you've connected with this week. Uh, who do you want to start with? Yeah, I'll start with Kyler Gordon out of Everett, Washington. Um, in my opinion, he's the most talented cornerback who's sort of considering Notre Dame right now. Uh, I was in touch with him, I believe, Tuesday evening. Um, he confirmed that he will be visiting Notre Dame for the Temple game, September 2, week 1. Um, I Whether you know he's visiting that weekend, the first weekend, because he just really wants to get to Notre Dame as quickly as possible, or if it just worked out with his schedule, I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, it's the first week, and, you know, that's maybe that's a good sign. We'll, we'll see. Um, but, yeah, getting him on campus, really important. I think it's also important to note, um, you know, with – uh, how his recruits, recruitment's going. I've sort of heard that, you know, it seems like maybe Washington is the team to beat. Obviously, from Washington, there's a hot program right now. Uh, Stanford and Notre Dame right there behind them. Um, that's, you know, what it sort of looks like right now. That's not really confirmed. He hasn't named a top group. Um, you know, U, UCLA, USC, other schools sort of in the mix there as well, Oregon. But uh, Stanford, Notre Dame, uh, and Washington – um, in there, but um, he told me the only other official visit he's going to be taking will be uh, TCU. 
Um, the, you know, he also likes that program. They've been in the mix for a long time as well. Um, so, you know, he has visited uh, Stanford, uh, UCLA, USC, the schools down in California. He took a trip down there and he's obviously been to Washington. So, yeah, just Notre Dame and TCU. I think that that's important as well. Um, you know, visiting for Temple, um, you know, the air should be electric that day. You know, home opener, um, Notre Dame, obviously the favorite in that game. Um, you got to like that Notre Dame's getting their top cornerback target on campus in week one for the home opener, uh, which Notre Dame should win. Um, yeah, so this would be, uh, I think this is one of the most important official visits of the fall. I know Nick Petit Frere, Jamari Sally, or some of these really highly ranked guys are talked about a lot, but given Notre Dame's situation at cornerback, this, in my opinion, is one of the most important visits of the fall for sure. Yeah, I, to- I totally agree, and it sort of goes back to that calendar point, like, they should, if they're on Kyler Gordon, if they know him, they should be able to read him that weekend and say, okay, we're in this or we're out and we need to find some new corners. And right. know, at a minimum, they, if they're looking to really sign three, aside from Dante Burton, it's hard to figure out who the top guy would be. That gets mm-hmm. me to my first guy, DJ Johnson, who is now off the board with Notre Dame, committed to Iowa this week. He's a four-star on scout uh, from Indianapolis area. Came to Irish Invasion with a bad ankle, worked out, looked okay. Um, I think Notre Dame saw him as he's a guy they would take as like as their third corner, but he wasn't lead corner material. I don't think Notre Dame's too broken up about him going to Iowa, but it is a name off the board. And if you want to sign three corners, somebody's going to be your third corner. And right now they're at zero. So DJ Johnson's a guy you could scratch. I, I guess I'm a little surprised Notre Dame didn't take him simply based on the numbers and it mm-hmm. seems like they need help and upgrades there in a huge way that they they just don't have right now but DJ Johnson out of Indianapolis he's off the board to Iowa this week so that's another another corner Notre Dame won't be recruiting moving forward right uh, my next guy Lawrence Keys wide receiver out of Louisiana four-star recruit number 170 overall uh, I consider Lawrence Keys one of the top slot uh, receiver prospects in the country has a really special gear, really shifty, really dangerous when he gets the ball in space, really good kick returner as well. Um, Notre Dame, definitely really high on him. Uh, sort of seems like, um, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown, of course, is always going to be that, you know, top receiver um, prospect. But Lawrence Keyes, although uh, maybe not as highly touted as, say, a Chase Coder or Cameron Bob, considering you have, um, you know, 6'5", Micah Jones, 6'3", Kevin Austin, um, looking for that third uh, wide receiver for the class, um, probably more of an inside guy. From what I heard from when I spoke with Micah Jones, they're looking for a, a slot prospect. This is their guy, Lawrence Keys. And um, last night, um, he trimmed his list down from 13 to 6. Um, this is a very highly, highly recruited kid. I, uh, From talking with him before, he just told me, so many schools were seriously, seriously gunning for him, talking, you know, daily, getting in touch with him on a daily basis. And I said to him last night after he released his top six, uh, I said, you know, it sort of sounds like there was about 15 schools, like really daily, you know, in touch with you. And he said there was more than that. So cutting this list down to six was tough for him and, and Notre Dame's in that mix. Um, Nebraska, Auburn, LSU, Houston, and TCU, um, the other schools. An interesting offer, uh, sorry, top six. Um, LSU, uh, sort of the perceived favorite. Um, you know, he said, you know, great things about each of the top six, but definitely um, 
got the point across that Notre Dame sort of the school recruiting him the hardest. He's, you know, he said that he's hearing from Chip Long, you know, consistently before practice, after practice, in touch all the time, checking in on how school's going. Both Chip Long and Delwan Alexander each took a trip to uh, his school, McDonough 35, in New Orleans uh, in the spring, really pushing hard for him. You know, he would just be, you know, he would make this class, you know, right now I'd say is around a B or B minus. I would put it right up to an A or A plus if they were able to get uh, Lawrence Keys in the mix. Just makes so much sense. Um, so he's going, he's right now, he's uh, eyeing a visit for the Georgia game. Uh, so he's going to talk to Coach Alexander about that. Um, they're going to see if they can, if that sort of works with his schedule, that sort of thing. His mother's going to be uh, going on the visit with him. He sort of grew up watching Notre Dame on NBC. He's really in tune with the history and tradition of Notre Dame. Um, he's really, really excited about his top six. Seems really high in Notre Dame. I'd be confident to say that I feel that Notre Dame's sort of in that top, you know, the top half of that top six anyhow. Um, I expect them to make a push. I've been looking into LSU, seeing what their situation is. They have 19 commitments right now, two wide receivers committed. I think he's a guy they would just make work, even if numbers were tight. But, um, you know, he's planning on making a national signing day commitment. Um, you know, so maybe Notre Dame would also be in a tough spot um, in numbers-wise, or if they felt comfortable they were going to get him in the end if they wanted, would wait for that spot. Um, but LSU as well, um, even more so, only having so many spots left and uh, his commitment months away. Yeah, no question. Next guy for me, Sam Taimani, somebody we talked a little bit about earlier, sort of the offensive guard center or defensive tackle nose guard out of Salt Lake City, Utah. Has uh, been in regular contact with Notre Dame. Uh, has good connections with the coaching staff there and Brian Polian. I think Notre Dame, is, this is the guy, and I've been saying it since, I think, pre-opening when I talked to him in person for the first time. This is the guy that you look at his profile and think, he's not coming to Notre Dame. Notre Dame doesn't recruit, (laughs) they don't recruit Utah, and he's got kind of a Tongan background. Like, there's just nothing that adds up with Notre Dame, but I continue to feel like Notre Dame has a great, great chance to land this kid, and he could help at either line where Notre Dame needs help. I think ultimately he would play offensive line just based on the numbers Notre Dame needs, and if you Pair him with Cole Mabry, who's a little bit more of a, a long-term project. And then John Jerkson, who's kind of more of a butt-kicking farm boy <laughs> offensive yeah. lineman. Um, it'd, be some, it'd be an interesting combination, especially if you can somehow get Nick Petit-Frere to uh, round out the class. I think that that haul would sort of be on par with this year's freshman class of Aaron Banks, Robert Hainsey, uh, Dylan Gibsons, and Josh Lugg. So... Notre Dame needs to to keep going big at the at the offensive line. It's not a, a position where I think Notre Dame can recruit and just sort of look at it as like, oh, we're doing fine. Notre Dame needs to be great on the offensive line, and that starts with recruiting great talent. Um, that position is not one where I think Notre Dame looks at it as like, oh, it's a strength. Like they need to be recruiting offensive linemen like Alabama and Ohio State recruit defensive linemen, and. Somebody like Sam Taimani, who's likely coming in for the Georgia game, would be uh, would be a big boost in that department. I, I like him a lot, so he's he's my uh, last guy this week. Yeah, I really like him a lot. He's a tough, tough kid. Um, yeah, my last guy, uh, Julius Irvin, safety out of uh, Anaheim Servite. Um, you know, most of us know Servite's the program that brought Notre Dame Troy Nicholas, Equinemia St. Brown. 
Um, you know, obviously Notre Dame, Notre Dame has good ties with uh, that program. Um, also in the you know top prep program in California, maybe even the top prep program in the country. Uh, Julius Irvin, good, you know, big six-two, about 190-pound uh, safety. Uh, he's been sort of tied to Notre Dame for quite a while. I spoke with him, I think back, uh, you know, early, uh, early eight, uh, sorry, early spring. Um, you know, he's definitely interested in Notre Dame. It seems like to me, uh, um, you know, a bunch of Pac-12 programs have sort of made more headway than than the Irish have. But if he's definitely the most talented uh, safety, in my opinion, of sort of the mix of D'Angelo McKenzie, Paul Moala, and possibly B.J. Krim that they're also uh, recruiting. Um, you know, just a, a big kid. And, and I, Pete, we were talking about this before. You know, if you have a look at sort of SEC programs, the back end of their defense, the safety positions, you see a lot of guys more around the the 6'2 and 6'3 range, you know, 200 pounds or 200, between 200, 210 pounds, some up to 220. Um, and Notre Dame in, you know, recent years, you see a lot of safeties that more look like cornerbacks. And if you look at the way that Notre Dame's sort of been recruiting safeties, bigger guys, you look at, you know, Isaiah Robertson, about 6'2 and a half, maybe 6'3, around the 200-pound range, maybe 205, not too sure exactly where he's at. Jordan Genmark-Heath, I believe, up to almost, I think, 220 pounds or so, 6'1". Six six yeah, he's a big dude. And, uh, you know, Derek Allen, you know, he's a guy who people are talking about. They think he's going to grow into a linebacker. He's at around 215 at 6'2". Um, you know, building a, you know, bigger core of safeties, maybe something Notre Dame's, you know, sort of, uh, aiming at. Um, I, like I said, I, I like that idea. I like safeties looking like safeties, um, Julius Irvin. So he's visiting, uh, Notre Dame for the Georgia game, uh, sort of announced that recently. See if Notre Dame can sort of jump, you know, ahead in this one. Um, it, you know, it sort of seems like Washington might be the perceived leader there. Um, you know, Michigan in the mix as well. Um, yeah, but, you know, visiting Notre Dame, Notre Dame having those ties, big recruiting weekend. If they go out and beat Georgia, I expect Notre Dame to sort of jump up with some of these guys. And maybe he'll be one of them. I think he might be the one safety who's, this, you know, a, a no-brainer take right now. I don't know that uh, D'Angelo McKenzie, when he gets his, uh, you know, academics sorted out, if he's a take right away, could be. I'm not too sure. Paul Mawala, they could possibly be waiting on him. So, uh, interesting to get him in there. Um, it was interesting that he, you know, added Notre Dame in his top five. Um, as some of us were sort of thinking Notre Dame was out for him, and it, it looks like that's mm-hmm. not the case. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with you. It's like, I do think the safety position, it's interesting the way that that's, I think, evolved because you went spread offense where you want your safeties to be, to be more like corners. But then the, the way Alabama plays it, it's more like your single high safety who needs to be more like Harrison Smith or Derek Allen, where it's like you can do a little bit of everything and it's hard to find that body type. So Derek Allen definitely is that body type, and Julius Irvin may be as well. Uh, he may even have better speed than Derek Allen. He's not as, uh, not as thick, but uh, big-time prospect and obviously plays right. against top competition in Ed Servite too. So. That's it for this week's Irish Illustrated Insider Recruiting Extra. We will be back next week. Again, I mentioned at the top of the show, we'll probably do the show on Wednesday. Uh, that's, what, that's our target for next week, so you're not getting <laughs> dumped with two Irish Illustrated-themed podcasts in a single day on Thursday. So until Wednesday of next week, I'm Pete Sampson with Kevin Sinclair. Thanks for listening to our latest Irish Illustrated Insider Recruiting Extra podcast.
This podcast is sponsored by Duloc Leadership. I'm Len Clark of Duloc Leadership. A DISC personality profile workshop will help you and your organization improve its communication, enhance team performance, and increase customer service. In other words, it will save you money. To learn more about a DISC facilitated workshop, contact me at 219-771-1004.